September 13th, 2022, we're in Masechet Berachot and Dafhe Amud Aleph. We're continuing in the Limud from the first of the widest lines, and it's the second word on the line. And the Gemara says, Amar If you recall, the context of the Gemara is exactly that. We've been talking about Kiryat Shema Al Hamita. What seemed to have already emerged from the Gemara, we even referenced this when we learned the Mishnah and the, excuse me, the Tosafot from the Mishnah and Beta Mudalef, is that Kiryat Shema Al Hamita in the eyes of the Hachmeh Talmud had to do mostly with warding off Mazikin. It was a protective measure of sorts. So here in turn is the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak, any person who reads Kiryat Shema Al Mitato, Al Mitato doesn't per se mean on your bed, it means next to your bed. It's as if that individual said is holding a herev, that's a sword, of two mouths, literally, which means to say it's sharp on both sides. It's not just sharp at the top, it's not only like a regular knife, which is sharp on one side, it's a sword which is sharp on both sides, which means I have full protection. By saying Kiryat Shema, the vision, the imagery, the hachamim want to set forth for us is one which gives me full protection. I have nothing to worry about in a certain respect. Shene'emar, what's the derasha to get across this message? Romemot el bichronam. They're talking about the romemut. Romemot kel bigronam. In their throat is the greatness of God. Ram venisa means something that's elevated. Talking about the elevated, great stature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vecheref pifiot biyadam. And they're holding heref pifiot. Pifiot. You have the word pi twice in that word. We're envisioning it as a two-mouthed knife. Of course, a knife is purpose to quote-unquote, eat that which it cuts. And as a result, we see this knife, this sword, as having two sides, two mouths. Who said this pasuk is talking about Kiryat Shema? You can be talking about the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in other contexts. And by so doing, you have a certain protection. Ask the Gemara that question. My mashma, Rashi's interpretation to this question is, who said, where do you hear in this pasuk, that it's referring to Kiryat Shema. Amar Morzutravi Itemar Meresha De'inyana. His answer is if you look earlier, the Pasuk immediately beforehand, we're dealing with two Pesukim from Mizmor Kof Memtet in Tehilim. The Pasuk immediately beforehand, the one that we just mentioned, Romemot El Bichronam Beher Pifiot Beadam, says, Ya'alzu Hasidim Bechabod, Yirannenu Al Mishkebotam. So the Pasuk talks about the Hasidim, the pious, the righteous individuals being Ya'alzu, having a certain happiness with Kavod, with uh, honor. Yerannenu al Mishkevotam, they'll have a Rina, a certain pleasant nature, al Mishkevotam. Mishkevotam Bishoch Bechav Kumecha, of course, in the eyes of the Hachamim, is leading us in the direction of thought of Kiryat Shema, of Bishoch Bechav Kumechav, when I go to sleep most specifically and say Kiryat Shema. Piecing these two Pesukim together then, you have one Pasuk which talks about Yerannenu al Mishkevotam, you have the next Pasuk which mentions Romemot el Bichronam, Veherif Pifiot Beadam, says Rabbi Yitzhak, whom we began learning today, uh, says Rabbi Yitzhak, Kolakore Kriyat Shema al Mitato, it's Ki'ilu, it's as if he's Ohez Herif Shalshete Piot Beado. Says the Gemara again, Dichtiv, the Pasuk says Yazu Hasidim Bechavod, Yerannenu al Mishkevotam, Uchtiv Batre, 
batar, like bava batra, means last or after. Uchtiv, and it says afterwards, romemot el bichronam vecherev pifiot beadam. That's the statement here in the Gemara. Again, there is a debate, there is a discussion. If you recall, again, just bring us back briefly to the converse, the mahlok between Rashi and Tosafot and Dafbet Amud Aleph, which we'll have opportunity to at some point later on return to again and and spell out even at greater detail. But the mahlokit over there was with regards to Rashi, if you recall, asked the question, Kiryat Shema is Misha'asha Konim Nichnasim Lechol Bitrumatam. The Gemara defined that as Seta Kochavim. But we read Kiryat Shema in Bet Knesset, in synagogue, before Seta Kochavim, Rashi's question. Rashi answered, we're really only fulfilling the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema with Kiryat Shema Al Hamitah. The Kiryat Shema that's said in synagogue as part of Arbit, Rashi said, is only so that we begin Amidah mitoch divre Torah. We start praying by saying Torah before him, but the Kiryat Shema you didn't fulfill. Several questions that Tosafot had on Rashi, amongst those, was this. Kiryat Shema al The Gemara seems clear. That has nothing to do with the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema. That's purposed for... Shemira min hamazikin. They're referring to this Gemara and the Gemara we saw just a bit beforehand, where the Gemara seems clear that Kiryat Shema al Hamita, its purpose, its general, uh, our general perspective of it, is one in which we go to sleep with a certain safeguarding through mentioning God's name, through talking about Yehud Hashem. Could it have two purposes if you do sun- if you do it after sunset? Of course. In other words, you're leading us into a, a direction for answering that question for Rashi, that yes, maybe the expressed purpose in the eyes of the Hachamim, Kiryat Shema was this Shemira Min Hamazikin, but if done in that circumstance, as Rashi and Tosavot are discussing, so then it could be uh, fulfilling as well the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema. Absolutely. Says the Gemara onward, Ve'amar Bitzhak, and furthermore, Rabbi Yitzhak, another statement from the same rabbi, and again, talking about Kiryat Shema Al-Hamita, Kolakore Kiryat Shema Al-Mitato, Mazikin Bedelin Hemenu. Mazikin, again, is a reference to the spirits uh, who would uh, potentially harm a person. We've mentioned in our classes in many contexts the fact that the Mefarshim and the Poskim Bizman Hazen, in truth, for, for many hundreds of years, have noticed and realized the fact that we don't have the presence of Mazikin and what we call Shedim. We'll talk about that in a few moments in our Gemara any longer. And as a result, many, not all, of the Halachot that are referenced uh, with regards to Mazikin are not forgotten. We continue to practice them, but the fact that mazikin don't exist any longer, we don't appreciate their existence any longer, leads to, in circumstances, certain kulot, certain leniencies. The example we often give is in the context of Kiryat Shema. In the context of Kiryat Shema, Hacham Vadya Yosef, as an example, when he's talking about several halachot and looking for a potential for leniency, he'll add in that Netilat Yadayim in the morning, did I say Kiryat Shema? Netilat Yadayim in the morning is Mishum Ruach Ra'ah, and we don't have Ruach any longer, and as a result, that's another reason you can perhaps be lenient. That's with regards to Netilat Yadayim. So anyway, the Gemara, though, will reference it over here. We'll talk about it.
plenty in our first Perek in Masech. Berachot says the statement here of Rabbi Yitzhak, anyone who reads Kiryat Shema al Mitato, Mazikin Bedelin Hemenu. Bedelin Hemenu means they'll, they'll depart from him, they'll be distant from him. To be Badil from me means I'm walking down the hallway and everybody is running away from me. Maybe I smell, maybe I look ugly, maybe I'm the, the one who's going to get everyone in trouble. So the statement in turn is Kiryat Shema Alamita has a certain power for you to protect you in that respect. Shene Emar is going to cite a pasuk to support this notion. Ki Adam le'amal yulad ubne reshef yagbihu uf. So it's a reference from this pasuk in Iov which says bene reshef as at the current moment we don't know exactly what the sons of reshef are. We don't know either what those words yagbihu uf are. The one word we can define easily is yagbihu. Yagbihu means to raise up. Uh, so we can already postulate maybe B'nai Reshef will be the mazikin and Uf will be what's going to raise up, meaning move away from me, right? If I'm talking about Kiryat Shema, sending away the mazikin, so I'm going to point to this pasuk, B'nai Reshef, whatever that is, maybe it's mazikin, Yagbihu, they'll be raised away from me, Uf. All right, maybe that's the direction. Indeed it is. Says the Gemara Ven Uf, Ela Torah. That last reference, that last word in the pasuk uf, is a re- is is referring to Torah. Shene emar, as the pasuk says, uh, the pasuk in 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 Mishle says, hataif bo If you are tired with your eyes, you close your eyes from it. Ve'enenu, you won't have it any longer. It's talking about Torah, and it's saying when you take your mind and eyes off of Torah. You have this way of forgetting it. Uh, well, that being the case, if we're referring to Torah as something that makes certain that you don't close your eyes on it, you don't uh, get tired on it, then the word hataif in that context is referring to Torah. And as a result, it would be its hak suggestion is uf in this pasuk in Iov is referring to Torah as well. And Kiryat Shema al Hamita fundamentally is. Torah, of course. Not only is it just Torah. If you recall the Gemara at the top of our page on Dafhe Amud Aleph over here, talked about the fact that Talmidei Hachamim, according to one opinion, don't need to read Kiryat Shema Al Hamita. You might recall that in the Gemara's explanation, as per Rashi, is because they're constantly reviewing Torah. It means Kiryat Shema Al Hamita, the power to quote-unquote, ward off the mazikin is the power of Torah. That then is the derasha over here. Bene reshef, we still don't know what that is, but apparently it's going to be mazikin. Yagbihu, they'll be r- r- risen up, they'll be driven up, rather. Uf, uf hataif is Torah. Who said reshef is, is, is telling us, uh, that is, is, is referring to shedim uh, of mazikin. Ve'en reshef el mazikin. And you should know the word reshef is referring to mazikin, those evil spirits, those uh, dangerous uh, um, shedim, demons of sorts. Shene emar, and it cites a pasuk from the end of Sefer Devarim. Mezerav unhume reshef veketev meriri. This is talking, this is in Parashat Ha'azinu, it's talking about when times are bad, when we're not doing good things. And the pasuk has a lot of difficult and hard to understand words, but you see the word reshef in the middle there. 
Uh, but I don't know what any of this else is. Well, if you look at Rashi on the right-hand side, Rashi, if you count up from the bottom of Rashi on the right-hand side, it's about nine lines up. It says Rashi, Ketev Miriri. Those are the words that come right afterwards, right? The Pasuk says, Mezera'av ulhume reshef, and then it says, Ketev Miriri. Says Rashi, what's Ketev Miriri? Ze Shemshed Hasahoraim. That's the name of the demon of the afternoon. He quotes a Gemaran Daf Kof Yodal from Masechet Pesachim. Well, that means we use contextual tools to understand that Lehumereshef might also be a shed, a mazik. And in turn, the Pasuk from Iov, Ubnei Reshef, Yakbihu Uv, where it's suggesting that the word Reshef, just like perhaps in Parashat HaAzinu, Lehumereshef, is a reference to Shedim. How do you know it's a reference to Shedim? Because it says Veketev Miridi. So too, uh, in Bnei Reshef, it's a reference to that. So that means that when we read the Pasuk in the Yov, through the lenses of Rabbi Yitzchak, it reads like this, Ubnei Reshef, how do I know what Bnei Reshef are? The Pasuk, Lachome Reshef in Devarim. Yachbihu Uf, how do I know what Uf is? From the Pasuk in Mishle, Hataif Einecha. Onward, says the Gemara, Amar Bishimon ben Lakish, it's technical derashot, but they have a... A simple meaning to them once you get through the technicalities. Amar Bishimon ben Lakish kola osek batora yisurin bedelin hemenu. Person who immerses himself or herself in Torah, yisurin. Yisurin, of course, is pain and suffering. Bedelin uh, hemenu. So we have almost uh, will be uh, will run away from him. It's an almost identical wording to what we had a moment ago with regards to Kiryat Shema. Al hamitar. Bitzhak said a person who reads Kiryat Shema al hamitar mazikin bedelin hemenu. So now we understand why Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish in this context will mention something very similar. Not only is the concept similar, the pasuk will be similar as well. How could that be so similar? I mean, of course, it just could be. Alternatively, Kiryat Shema Al-Hamita, as we're, ref- as we're explaining, is fundamentally Talmud Torah. It's not, and this is an important point to be made, it's not per se this power of some external force. You read specific words, and as a result, you're embodied with the power to ward off those mazik. You know, what we're suggesting is Kiryat Shema Al-Hamita, at its core, is Talmud Torah. It makes a lot of sense, then, that a Bishim on Ben Lakish will have a similar statement about just Torah. Any person who's immersed in Torah, not only the mazikin at night, but a life of Yisurin will be bedelin hemenu. Now, of course, the Gemara will struggle a bit over here, and you and I might struggle in our own lives. We know people who are constantly immersed or have known people in Torah, and they lived lives with lots of torturing and lots of torture and lots of pain. So to, to suggest that I, this at a, as a simple, uh, uh, one-size-fits-all statement is, is difficult, if not impossible. To suggest it instead as, as a certain direction as a certain directive, uh, that Torah has a way of straightening ourselves. Imagine for a moment, just lehavdil, but along the same lines, Harambam's statement of, uh, of uh, you know, he follows an Aristotelian golden mean that you you want to be in, in this in this shevil hazahav in this middle path. How do you find that middle path? I want this perfect middle path in all my character traits, aside from a few. I want to not be too much this nor too little this. I want to be in the straight straight in the middle. How do I find that? 
that path. The vision, the suggestion of the Hachamim, of Harambam, certainly is, you'll find that through following Torah mitzvot properly. Well, that in turn will lead to a physical, of course, spiritual as well, life wherein uh, torture and suffering will not be so much a part of you. If you're able to calibrate your life, if you're not excessive in eating, if you're not excessive in starving, if you're able to, through the vision, through the vantage point of God's words of Torah, Yisurin Bedelin Hemenu, I'm making this point carefully to make clear that it's not that Torah will or does have a magical Magenu Masleh, the Gemara, Masil, the Gemara has in Masechet Sota, to understand that not fully through a, a, a naturalistic lens, but to a certain extent, understand it as well in a natural lens as, yeah, it will actually straighten your way in this world in a way that we can sometimes rationally explain. Says the Gemara, what's the proof for Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, or what's his remes ba pasuk shene emar? He cites the same pasuk. Ubne reshef yachbihu uf. Reshef, instead of referring to, as we thought a moment ago, Mazikin, in the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak for Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, it refers as well to Yisurin, torture, suffering in general. You understand what he did over here. The Pasuk has three references, three items that it talks about all at once. When Am Yisrael does bad, says the Pasuk in Ha'azinu, uh, what's going to happen in such a circumstance? Mezerav, number one. What's Mezerav? Something about the torture and the pain of starvation. Ulhumereshef. We don't know what those words mean. And lastly, the Ketiv Miriri. So we know what Ketiv Miriri is. Rashi told us the Gemara in Pesachim means shed. We know Mezerav is torture and suffering, we don't know what that middle one, the Homereshef is. The suggestion in turn of Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish is, who said the context only pushes forward, maybe it pushes backwards as well. When the beginning of the Pasuk says, Mezerav, I read the next word of the Homereshef as Yisurin, and in turn his statement is, any person who's involved in Torah, not only are the Mazikin bedelin Himenu, but the Yisurim as well. I say to you, A, B, C and give each one of them uh, uh, some designation. I'm mentioning them all together. I say, if you do wrong, I'm good. what's going to happen to you? A, B, and C. You could say A is different than B, and B is different than C. You could. The assumption over here is the context is telling me what B is, because I don't know what B is. I know what A is, and I know what C is. You know B is bad, but you don't know what it is. Correct. So initially I said, well, B, I know what C is. C is mazikin, is shit, so I know B is also shit. Now I'm saying, says Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, I know A is torture, pain, ra'av. So I know B is torture, pain as well. In other words, Rabbi B Shimon... both A and C? Su- suggests Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, it's both. And expands Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, and this part's the easiest part. It says, don't just talk about Kiryat Shema Alhamita, talk about Torah, Torah in general. But indeed, that's the way to read this. Um, in, in other words, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Ketib, those words, this is about eight lines up in Rashi, Ben Ra'av, it's written in between the mention of 
torture of, of starvation. Lemazikin, that was the end of the Pasuk Ketiv Meriri, Nidrash, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish is telling us to be Doreshit, Lefanav, to what's mentioned before in Rav, Ul Aharav Yisurin, Umazikin. That's what Rashi's addition to Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish only said Yisurin, says Rashi, don't think it's only, says the Gemara, Amar Le Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan turns to his 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 counterpart, his Hevruta, Resh Lakish, and he says to him, that's your derasha? You have a whole fancy derasha to learn? How do I know that if you learn Torah, Yisurin Bedelin him, and you had a whole fancy derasha? What was your derasha? You had this pasuk, and you'd learned what uh, what Uf is, and uh, all that business in order to get to ha, that concept of Torah, Yisurin Bedelin Himenu, even the little t- children who are studying Torah in the rabbi's home, in the rabbi's midrash, they know that. It's a pasuk in the Torah. After all, the pasuk says, in Parashat Peshalach, as we're leaving Egypt. If you listen to the words of God and you do the straight in His eyes, and you'll listen to His mitzvot, and you'll, you'll safeguard all of His statutes, all of the pain, torture, suffering, illness, and ailments which I placed upon the Egyptians and were present there, I won't place upon you because I'm God, the one who cures you. So there it is. I didn't need fancy pesukim, derashot, that are going to stretch me forward and backward, give me a little bit of a headache and confusion and dizziness. That's straight up pasuk in parashat b'shalach. Kolamahala, all of the ailments, all the illness of Egypt, you won't have. If what? If you follow the Torah. That's immersed in Torah. Ela, rather, kol she'efsharlo la'asok b'torah, let's, let's justify uh, or rather, rather, let's let's uh, modify your statement, Resh Lakish. Let's understand it as follows: Kol any person who could be immersed in Torah, ve'eno osek Torah, but is not so. Keep in mind, this is on the negative end. A minute ago, we said if you're immersed in Torah, uh, so then Yisurim bedelin hemenu. So as Rabbi Yochanan, let's do it differently. That we know from pasuk already. Rather, if you have the opportunity, if you're capable of being osek Torah, that means you have the time, you have the financial means, you have the intellectual means, you have the psychological, you have the emotional wherewithal to study Torah. And then Osek, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mevi Alav Yisurin Mechoarin Veochrin Oto. You should know. And not only going to be uh, that you know you're open, you're going to have a direct cause and effect from from God. Uh, whereas earlier we were saying there's these yisurim potentially come over here. The derasha is they're going to be upon you from God. He'll be mevi'in alecha. What are the yisurim mechoarin? It's literally ugly pain ve'ochrinoto, and they will cause you. To quote unquote be ugly. It's a reference. I mean, you know, we imagine something that's clean and opaque and 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 see through as something that's 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 healthy. Something that's that has a certain dirt to it. That's unhealthy. That's the that's that's the Shin uh, emar. What's the derasha that will support this? It's a pasuk here. The gemara cites from Tehilim. Neelamti dumia hecheti mitob. So you may have heard those words. Ne'elamti dumia means I'm a certain silence and quietness. 
Hecheshti, hash means quietness as well. I'm quiet. Mitob, what am I not talking about? I'm not talking about tob. What is tob? Well, tob is a reference to the Torah in our context. I'm quiet. So look at Rashi at the top left-hand corner. Hecheshti mitob, min Torah. I'm quiet, I'm silent from Tob. What's going to happen, says the Pasuk? My pains will be those dirty pains. Says the Gemara, you should know Tob is a reference to Torah. It's a Pasuk says, My Torah, which is Tob, I've given to you. Don't abandon it. Says the Gemara onward, now that we quoted that Pasuk, from You should know God's ways are very different than human ways. Understand the Torah. What did God describe or Mishle Shalomot describe is Torah? Torah is Tob. Torah is the embodiment of something that's good or better yet, complete. Why do I say complete? Because in the creation of the world, was it good? You and I decide things are good. Yeah, it looks good to me. It feels good to me. It's not the way Borei Olam works. What's the several many times that it's mentioned in Bereshit? It means it's complete, as the Mefarshim suggests. Tob means the Torah is complete. He gave us a complete, a perfect package known as Torah, a reference book for a life of involvement in this world, you should know if a human being gave something like that, says the Gemara Midat Basar Vadam. The way of flesh and blood, a human being, if I sell you an item, a high-level item, a good item, I'm sad. I loved my car. It was a perfect car. Listen, I needed the money. Uh, or maybe, alternatively, I had a good deal. But ultimately speaking, I feel bad that I lost the item. I was very excited about having it. But you, in buying it from me, you feel good. But God, in giving us the Torah, is altogether different. He gave the Torah to Israel, and at the same time, he derives a certain happiness. By giving the Torah to Am Yisrael, he then warns them in tandem with the giving, don't abandon it. Don't just hand it back to me. In envisioning and understanding this, uh, there, there is a certain uh, philosophical notion over here, and that goes as follows. To understand malchut, to understand what it means to be a king, this is hard to fully articulate, but it's kivyachol as human beings. Here's how we understand this. To understand a king is to understand that he has followers and adherents. The second there's no followers and adherents, he might have a beautiful castle, he might have a lineage which is pristine, he might have a, a crown on his head, but he's not a king, he's not ruling over anything. Anyone. To understand that Kadosh Baruch Hu's happiness and excitement and, and insistence that we continue with the Torah is to understand that feature, that facet of Kadosh Baruch Hu, which we call Malchut, hard to fully grasp because Kadosh Baruch Hu is complete, but we can understand a certain angle of it by understanding that we fulfill a certain attribute of Kadosh Baruch Hu's Malchut by accepting the Torah and following it. Amar Ravavi Itemar of Hastai Imroe Adam Shi Surin by Inalav. Statement here of Rava and Vitema Vim Tomar. So perhaps the statement was instead from Rav Hasta. If a person sees Shi Surin by Inalav, person sees that pain and torture in their life, they've been pained a lot and they don't know why. It's inexplicable. Yefashvesh Bima Asav, you should initially 
look into. Uh, you should you should uh, look. We're going to see nahpesa. Look into your actions. Look at your character traits. Look at the things you've been doing. This. Uh, what do you mean? It's uh, tit for tat. I did something, so God struck me back. Not not necessarily, but the Torah does instruct us nahpesa derachenu v'nachkora. We're supposed to look into derachenu. Our ways v'nachkora, and investigate them. It's what Harambam, which we need to remind ourselves of constantly, tells us at the beginning of Hilchot Ta'aniyot. When there's times of sorrow, the first thing we are supposed to do is to internalize, not to say per se, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because of my actions, it's a... But to say, what is it that in me is incomplete? And I'm supposed to envision it while knowing and understanding and being realistic. But I'm supposed to say, what is insufficient with me? How can I get better? This is a message which is being provoked within me or out of me. How can I make myself better? That's the first vantage point. It's the first direction when a person has Yisurim by Inalav. Pasuk says, Nachbesa derachenu v'nachkora v'nashuba ad Adonai. We should investigate and look into our ways and then turn back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pishpesh! What if you looked into your ways? I'm doing mitzvot right. I'm a wonderful person. I went to my therapist, my rabbi, my mentor, even my students, my children, my spouse. They all said I'm doing great. They can't find the character flaw. Of course, it's all theoretical. There's no such thing. Velomasa. You didn't find uh, something wrong. Yitle, you should assume, you should be tole, you should hang this on the fact, bebitul Torah that you've been neglecting the full capacity of study and immersion in Torah that you could have. Shene Emar, as the Pasuk uh, is meramez to us in Mishle, Ashre HaGever, excuse me, in Tehilim, Asher Tiyaserenu Ya, Umitoratecha Tilamedenu. Look at how praiseworthy the individual, Asher Tiyaserenu Ya, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu causes Yisuri and causes torturing and suffering, the juxtaposition of that la- those last words, and he'll be taught from the Torah, well, it means that perhaps the Yisurin were as a result of that, were to turn him back to the Torah. Well, if he says, all right, so right, it's not my ma'asim. It must be the Bitul Torah, but uh, I'm, I'm not a deficient in my Torah. Every free minute that I have in my day, in my night, I'm involved in Torah. I mean, I stretched myself to my full capacity. Here, this is a very controversial line, and the Gemara will accept it as being controversial. You should accept that these are pains and torturings of love. What does that mean? Says Rashi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'olam Hazeh God is torturing you and causing pain to you in this world Belo Shum Avon For no wrongdoing Kedeh Leharbot Zecharo Ba'olam Habba Yoter Mid Kedeh Zechi Otav So that you'll have greater reward in the world to come than you have coming to you based on your deeds in this world. That's a fascinating and, and difficult to comprehend, certainly hard to square with Pesukim in the Torah, a concept called Yisurin Shel Ahava, which we'll need to delve a little bit into, maybe see Harambam's angle on this, and see the controversy not only in the Gemara, but after the Gemara in the medieval time period, amongst the Geonim a bit as well, as to the applicability of Yisurin Shel Ahava. Let's just read the, the proof text, the Remez in the Pasuk, this time actually from Mishle, for this concept which we just read, the definition of from Rashi of Yisurin Shel Ahava, as the Pasuk says, Ki et asher have 
Adonai Yochiach. That he whom or she whom HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ohev, Yochiach, he'll give the rebuke to. If you have a certain Ahava, the assumption over here, at least according to Rashi is, to the extent that you're fully davuk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're completely connected to him, and nonetheless he's looking to give you that rebuke, you should understand that as Yisurin Shela Ahava. Just very briefly, before we conclude, just to distinguish, I'd like to distinguish between this and the well-known Ma'amare Hazal with regards to, for example, the Imahot. The matriarchs, right? Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Rachel, each of them were, were akarot, and the hachamim, trying to find a certain lesson from that, ask, they question, why were they akarot? Why were they barren? And what's the suggestion? So that they would increase their prayer. You see, in those circumstances, Baruch Hu wants the relationship, so he gave them a certain deficiency. That's not the same thing. Over there, they have a deficiency. They don't have the ability to give birth, and that in turn makes them realize, I need to turn to another. Keep in mind as well, and it ends well, because each one of them have a child, or more than one child. Over here, we're not talking about a deficiency. Over here, we're talking about pain, torture. We'll see in the Gemara the potential of losing children for no reason is the suggestion other than the ability that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to have to derive more benefits. Sachar in Olam Haba, again, a very difficult philosophical statement and concept which the Gemara itself will struggle with. We'll return to that next time and beyond. Baruch Adonai Amen